0: Said in my previous podcast on Monday, I'm, every Friday I'm going to release a solo episode. Mondays I'm going to do an um, interview show. Fridays you can count on a solo episode. I've been getting a lot of great feedback and requests to do solo episodes. And so I wanted to get more consistent on the schedule too. I've gotten uh, the schedule and the, and the groove working at American kind of down. And um, I'm in a spot now where I've got a great cadre cache of guests coming on the show backflow if you will backfill and so i'm in a spot where i'm gonna on monday's interview friday solo episode so you get a little more consistency you'll know when episodes are coming out so again thank you for the support if you're brand new to the show thank you for tuning in if you've been with me for a while thank you for your undying support coming up on five years i couldn't do it without you i hear from you all you guests every week and i appreciate the feedback doseofleadership.com has been redesigned too you can go there now I'm going to be closing richardryerson.com. And so it's all going to point to Dose of Leadership. So it's one simple place where you can find this show. You can find all about my speaking services, my consulting services, being that cultural catalyst for organizations, helping individuals and organizations simply become more effective. It's that simple. And it's by introducing common sense leadership principles. that hey, You've heard me talk about this show for five years. And today I wanted to talk, uh, It's I did a recent post on Facebook, and I'm going to follow up with this here because I think it's going to be the intro to at least the next 10 solo episodes in addition. So really 11. So, but this one I want to introduce kind of really the, the 10 critical dysfunctions that I've seen that holds organizations back. And in fact, I would argue that you really, every time you go into any organization that needs help and we all need help, but if you go into any organization, it's going to be one of these 10 things or a combination of some of these 10 things that I'm going to talk about here in the next 15 minutes and it really doesn't go past beyond that. Now, one caveat there, there's always a, I'd say the blanket of all of this is is ineffective communication. I think that's at the root of almost everything dysfunctional in, in every aspect of life, your personal relationships, what you see in business. It all kind of goes back to ineffective communication. But if I want to drill kind of underneath that kind of broad brush stroke there, there's really about 10 things and it doesn't really get beyond that. And so I wanted to see what you thought, if you see any of these in your organization, these 10 things. And so I'll go through this list here. And then in the coming weeks, I'll kind of take each one of these one by one, and then we'll kind of dissect them and see what we can do to actually solve the problem. I'll talk a little bit about solving some of it here, but I wanted to importantly get these 10 out there because I think it's important when you're looking at your personal life, your professional life, if you're running a business or if you're working in an organization, you're going to see these You're going to have to deal with them over and over again. And if we know what these 10 are, then we're that much better prepared to effectively deal with them. And the answer to all this, if I can just jump to the last page or the end of this podcast, is that it's all about leadership, right? When it comes down to it, now that's a broad brush stroke too. And there's some specific tactics under the leadership umbrella that we can do to address all of these. But at the end of the day, it does all come down to some common sense leadership. That's how we solve all these problems. Every problem in life eventually goes back to understanding how to be a more effective leader in every aspect of your life. I've said this on the show for five years, but that is at the heart of everything we're talking about here. So let's jump into these 10 dysfunctions and let me know if any of these sound familiar. Again, give me some feedback at doseofleadership.com. Felt comments on this post or send me an email, let me know what you think. And I'd say the number one is that the senior leadership, the people that are running the ship, fails to set the example. In my leadership training programs, I have set the example as the foundational kind of leadership. Anybody that's wanting to desire to become a leader, you have to learn about what it means to set the example. And so too often we see senior leaders, they have these expectations of of what they want their people to do, but yet they don't emulate the behavior they're expecting of others. Do as I say, not as I do, right? So setting the example or failure to setting the example is probably the number one issue that I see when you're dealing with a dysfunctional organization. The senior leadership just does not set the example. The second one deals with silos, particularly in larger organizations. You get the departmental silos, and and uh, this has been a bane in my existence. Every time I've worked in an organization, including the Marine Corps, but in my civilian experience, you know, in the 15 years that I've worked in the in the corporate sector, boy, you see this all the time, and it's because we're human beings, right? And everybody wants to know that they matter and they're they they they're on this planet and they're here for a purpose. And so what happens is an ego gets involved. You get multiple territorial leaders who are selfishly defending their turf and without consideration for the overall mission. And that's where the problem lies is because they're just looking at their silo. They're not looking at how they fit into the grand picture. And again, it sends to lack of communication, lack of could be lack of a uh, uh, clarifying what the intent is, what we're trying to accomplish and why. And with the absence of that, people get a little more territorial. So again, departmental silos, people defending turf without considering the overall mission. That's number two. The third one that I see, and this is a huge pet peeve of mine is lack of innovation. And, and sometimes it's not people's fault because they don't know how to think creatively. I think, or we don't create the environment where people can become more creative. So instead what we do is we start to rely on all kind of these, you know, black belts, quality improvements and process improvements, and we become we value that or this problem solving tactic. I when I worked at a previous company here a few years ago, it was all about these problem solving techniques. And that became the latest kind of flavor of the month, it actually flavor a few years, but it was they valued the problem solving piece and all the mechanics and, and what was involved in solving problems instead of being innovative and creative. And there's a distinct difference. It's subtle but very powerful distinct difference of not relying on these problem-solving processes and techniques, which may or may not work. But I would rather someone just start thinking more creative, more innovative in the way they would never thought before because the problem-solving and the process techniques actually bogs the organization down with mediocrity. That's what I've seen and experienced in the past. So that's number three. The fourth one, I know all of you can relate. This is death by meetings. How many of you work in a place where we have meetings to plan out meetings? my God, I hate meetings. I hate, well, let me take this back. I hate ineffective meetings, right? And so death by meetings is, is a huge uh, thorn in my side, a huge craw that I cannot stand. Um, I'm a huge fan of Patrick Lencioni's, um death by meetings book. And I've even used that as a tactic uh, to run meetings. And um, I've certainly gotten better at it and I've seen some dramatic results from having fewer meetings but too many meetings that in essence are just information sharing time wasters. We have this idea that we have to pass the word and pass information down and have to have a meeting to pass the word. Hmm. There are so many other ways to be more effective with your communication than bringing everybody together and having a two hour staff meeting at the same time every week. It just, it drives me crazy. So I'm looking forward to having that podcast to talk about how we can tackle that one. So number four is death by meetings. The fifth one, is departmental interference. And this you really see this when the organization starts to get big. And it's kind of tied into the departmental silos. But it's more specifically where the support functions of really human resources, finance, legal, and IT, again, critical roles for any organization. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing these departments. We need all of them. But it's what I've seen when you see dysfunction is that these roles forget what their role is. They stop seeing themselves or they say they see themselves as critical support functions, but they kind of take out the word support. And I think that's where, where people kind of miss the boat. They see themselves as critical functions, but I see them as critical support functions. And they cannot forget that they're in the support role. And when they forget that in the support role, they become road, roadblocks to progress. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry for all you HR folks out there. I'm not trying to disparage you or any of the, the IT or the finance folks. But when you forget that you're in a support role, you start to do more damage to the organization. I've seen that time and time again. Again, you're dealing with egos, you're dealing with territory, you're dealing with people's fears of losing their role, their status, all that's involved with that. And I look forward to talking about that in that podcast about that one. But departmental interference is number five, where the support functions forget their role as support functions. Number six is the feedback and reward system is generally poor if they even have one at all. A lot of times I see organizations where they don't even have a feedback system or a performance review system. And if one does exist, it's so mediocre. It's so misaligned with what the values and the purpose of the organization is. And they certainly aren't recognizing the high performers. There tends to be this, I've seen anyway, in my corporate experience of the past 15, 16 years, that there's this lack of tendency to re, to reward the high performers. We kind of almost want to reward everybody. Like there's almost this kind of that that culture of, everybody's a winner type thing. I am totally against that. I think you need to spend your time, your love, your energy, and your passion on those high performers, on those people who are emulating the brand that are bringing results to the table and reward them and, and shower them and show them this is what we expect in the organization. And it seems, uh, doesn't seem fair to some people, I think, or we don't want to hurt other people's feelings, but I'm sorry, but that's how you, you get people to rise up to that level as you, you, Support and reward the high performers, and then the other people will either rise up to the top or they'll go by the wayside, and that's okay because we're talking about a business here, okay? So, and then if you do have a feedback session, it's again, it's kind of a, in in a, so overly laden with process and and compliance that it becomes boring and and no one ever listens to it. So it has to be authentic and genuine too. If you do have a feedback system, it has to be consistent. It has to be timely and it has to be authentic. And so that's part of what I've seen where the feedback system kind of sucks if they have one at all. That's number six. Number seven is a lack of execution. Uh, I've had a, I do this a lot in presentations and certainly I lead off a lot of times when I'm dealing with high end clients or, or clients at the upper end, the senior leadership stuff is there's always a gap between strategic planning and strategic execution. It's, I mean, every organization seems to deal with it and they spend hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars in time and energy and effort trying to figure out how to close that gap. And, and really the, the secret to all of this is stop separating the two. And You stop separating or looking at strategic planning and strategic exec, execution as two separate events. They are actually a distinction without a difference. And how you get there is that you've got to create this decentralized leadership culture wherein that the senior leadership is focused on what you're trying to accomplish and why, and that's not an easy task. And then you over communicate what it is and you push the decision making down to the lowest level so that you've got a smart organization that's adaptable and flexible and making decisions and asking for forgiveness instead of permission. That's how you close that gap. It's the only way to close that gap, by the way, and I argue anybody else to show me otherwise. It's the only way to close the gap and it's the only way to deal with a chaotic environment. And if you think there's a different way, I say you're wrong. No matter how smart you are, that's the only way to close that gap. All right. Create a decentralized decision-making culture that allows you to effectively deal with the chaos that we all have to live in. All right. Lack of execution is number seven. Number eight is bureaucracy and churn. Again, it kind of ties into where an organization, if, if an organization values problem solving over innovation and creativity, you're going to have a bureaucratic organization full of churn. And what I mean by that, you know that you're in an organization where churn is like everybody's got these fantastic to-do lists. You've got a ridiculous amount of KPIs. You know, I've seen organizations and worked in organizations where they've had, you know, 45 KPIs. I'm sorry, that's too many. And they're so wrapped up in making sure something's green and red and not even, or yellow or making sure it's green. And they don't even know why it's yellow or how to even get there. And they're just worried about the metrics You see that in the airline industry all the time. That's why that knucklehead got pulled off that plane on United in the summers because you had a whole chain of events where you don't have a culture where people know what they stand for. Instead, they rely on processes and procedures and you end up with a debacle like you've seen at United where that knucklehead's getting pulled off the plane and everybody, you know, basically dumb and dumber. Where United was dumb and the guy pulling the plane was dumber. And that's because you're dealing with a bureaucratic environment or one that's just laden with bureaucracy. And you've got people working the plan or working the metrics is valued over working the objective or the outcome. It's tied in that lack of execution. If you know what the outcome is or what we're striving for, or what we stand for, then you're less likely to be bureaucratic. You're less likely to be bogged down by processes and procedures. And you're going to find ways to be innovative and creative and try to work the, the objective. It's not about working the plan, right? It's about working the outcome. You've heard me talk about that before on the show, but that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Again, more on that as we get the specific episode down the road. But bureaucracy insurance, number eight. Number nine is perception misalignment. This is really where you find an organization. They see themselves as one way, but the customer sees them another. And one of the unfortunate facts of life, particularly in business, is that perception is reality, right? Your perception is your reality. And so we have to be cognizant always as leaders, how we're being perceived, not only by our employees, but how the customer sees us as well. And doing an audit, making sure that how we see ourselves is aligned with what the customer sees. It's not an easy task, but something that's often overlooked. So that's number nine, perception misalignment. And the last one, number 10, there's just no real understanding of leadership. And that's not really anybody's fault. It's not through malice. It's not through not wanting to. It's just that it's just not taught. I mean, if there's anything that this show has taught me is that People have a gazillion ideas and perceptions of what leadership is. No one really teaches and understands, particularly in the business world, what leadership is. Leadership roles are not assigned b- based on someone's leadership ability, nine times out of ten. Most people get assigned leadership roles based on tenure, based on some technical and tactical success, some expertise they've had, some that they're talented in one area, instead of authentic leadership attributes. The example I always give is like the leader, and this is probably, you see this in, in every organization at one time or the other, where the best salesperson is promoted to be the leader of all the salespeople. Well, the skill set to be the best salesperson is not the same skill set as being the leader of all the salespeople, and that's where we miss the boat. So there's just no real understanding of leadership. So that's the 10. See the leadership not setting the example, departmental silos, lack of innovation, death by meetings, departmental interference, poor feedback and reward system, lack of execution bureaucracy and perception misalignment, and no real understanding of leadership. What are your thoughts? Can you think of any other examples? I think those are the 10. Every organization that's struggling right now is dealing with at least one of those 10, or at least more than likely a handful of those 10. That's what makes them dysfunctional or struggling at the moment. And the answer to all that is a culture of leadership, a decentralized culture of leadership. More details in the weeks as they come ahead, but I wanted to keep this It's about 15 to 20 minutes, and I'm right on track for doing that. So again, I thank you for your support of Dose of Leadership. Go check out my website, doseofleadership.com. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. If you're needing a speaker, if you're needing a cultural catalyst for your organization, reach out to me because I am the leadership expert, and this is my passion. And I can be inserted into an organization and help you individually and organizationally become dramatically more effective. That's what this is all about. So again, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. And thank you for being a supporter of the show. I'll see you on the next episode.